Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals, the podcast that allows every therapist, nail tech and stylist to level up, build their career and reach for their dreams. Each episode we'll be looking at a different area of the industry and along the way I'll be chatting with salon owners, industry leaders and experts who'll be sharing their stories on how they achieved their goals, made their successes, all to inspire you in your business and career. I'm Sue Davies, your host, award-winning salon owner and industry professional. Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals. Hey there. So this week, we're going to be talking about branding. Um, And this is something that is vital to your business and how you tell your clients all about you and what you do and how they recognize you in a very, very busy marketplace. So when you think brand, most of us kind of think of big brands like Marks and Spencers or Sainsbury's or Aldi or any of those big, big stores. And they have brand attitude that is recognisable. You know, so let's just take Marks and Spencers, for example. You know that their bags are going to be green. It's going to have white writing on it with a bit of black. And you know that they are a quality brand and that they endeavour wherever possible to bring you high quality at reasonably affordable prices. Slightly more expensive than a lot of mainstream, but for what you get from them, they you know they offer value for money. And that's their story that they've been telling ever since they were St. Michael's back in the day. Um, and obviously now the whole St. Michael's thing used to be part of their branding and it no longer is. And they have definitely moved on to M&S. And that whole brand transition has happened over decades But we all recognise that green bag when walking down the high street, the same as if we see an orange bag, we know it's likely to be Sainsbury's. If we see that blue bag with red and a slightly orangey, yellowy kind of um, marking on it, we know that's going to be Aldi. These brands venture into our heads and through whatever means just it usually is just through awareness that we see them whilst we're out on you know driving around while we're walking through a shopping center we see people's carrier bags we see the adverts on tv all of those things embed those images and that brand awareness into our minds and into how we look at product how we look at service and how we look at where we're going to spend our money and so for us as a service-based industry who we don't generally have carrier bags floating around the town sometimes we can do but we are usually very small based brands and so how we market ourselves is really really important in that branding area because having colors fonts and descriptive elements out into the marketplace is really really important and so today we're going to look at how you know we're we're never going to be as big as Marks and Spencers let's face it that's a huge huge ask Um, but within our local towns villages we should be recognizable by how we promote ourselves not on a marketing side but how we present to that market. So your business should really have a brand strategy and that will define what it is that you stand for, the promise that you're going to make to your clients and the personality that you convey. And although it does include logo, color palette and your slogan um, and that kind of stuff, those are just the creative parts of it. And what you need to do 
is to have a brand that lives in every day-to-day interaction that you have with your market. So they need to know everything about you and what you stand for as a business, as a brand. So we're going to look at the four P's of branding. So there's your product, what you make, what you sell, what your service is, the price that you charge, and it isn't necessarily down to how many pounds you're going to charge for doing a particular service, but much more about that price range that you are in. Are you at the more budget end or are you high end exclusive or somewhere in between? Your branding should in some way or another put that across. So that can be in the fonts that you use. It can be in just the way that it it kind of lands and it's sort of quite an ethereal thing really but you know if you look at Aldi branding or you look at John Lewis's branding and Waitrose branding that there's a very clear difference in how they look and the message that is being sent by the kind of styling that they use. Branding also comes down to the place and where they are going to receive the service and where they're going to access you and also how you promote and how you explain what it is that you do and all of those other three P's too. Next, we're going to look at brand values and your values are the things that are right at the center of your brand and what it is you want to be perceived for standing for, so to speak. As with your purpose, communicating your clear values will attract customers who share your values too. So if you want to attract young, free, single, party-loving clients, then how you put out your message to them is going to show that if they come into your business, they're going to have a great time, there's going to be good music, there's possibly going to be champagne or something on supply, and all of those things that are part of your brand that tell them your values are come to us you're going to have a really great time you're going to have like some great music on in the background everyone that's going to be working there is going to also be like you and that's where that whole kind of um, communication of your values will get those clients to come to you that kind of branding isn't necessarily going to attract your 60 year old female client who is looking to retire and wants to go travel the world um, and do so with her husband of 30 years, you know, that isn't necessarily going to attract them. So you can see where that really clear value of fun loving singles with lots of loud music or something along those lines, you're very, very niched into the type of client that you're going to attract. So just take a moment to think about how you want your brand to be perceived in the wider market. What is important about the way that you run your business? Is there anything that makes you stand out? How you want your customers to feel when they work with you? So again, you know, that young free single, you know, if you've got a champagne bar in your salon, that is going to attract people that like drinking champagne or if you have a cocktail bar or if you offer free tea and coffee as part of what your brand does. All of those things will attract a particular person. Also, what keeps you working on your business day in, day out? You know, a little bit of personality in there from the owner doesn't hurt. And also why you love what you do. Tell people about the passion you have behind the business and about being behind the desk or being behind the couch, being behind the chair. All of those things is part of the business's story and that can come across in your branding 
and how you promote yourself to that market. We're going to look at brand personality. And one of the things with this is we kind of spend a lot of our time looking at our client avatar and brand personality is kind of the flip of this. And it's really about the avatar that we create that the clients become attracted to and how we kind of throw our line out with the hook on the end to capture them and reel them in. And so this is where you can describe your personality of you, your business to your potential clients. Maybe think about writing um, a story about your brand, about who that person is. If you if you make them be a person, so make them a he or a she or a they, um, and write a statement about who they are. And this story will become your brand. And you can use that story through your company materials and all your assets and stuff like that to get your messaging out to your clients. So imagine things like if it were a person, how would you describe their personality? Are they serious and staid and, um, you know, very determined to get that job done? Or are they that fun loving musical person that, you know, just wants to have a laugh when they go to work? These are the things that you can look at as to describe that personality. If they were an outfit, for example, what would that outfit be? You know, is it going to be like a big, beautiful wedding dress? You know, if you specialise in wedding makeup or wedding hair, you know, that it could be like a huge wedding dress and all of the stuff that goes with it, the tiara and the flowers and you know, what are the bridesmaids wearing? And, you know, give it a story, you know, get as detailed as you can in trying to describe what that personality type would be, what your brand would be wearing if you were to dress them up. Think about what kind of quote or motto would you have to represent your brand? We all use memes so often nowadays with inspirational quotes on and everybody will have one that's their favourite and I'm not going to go into all of the different ones there could be because I'd be here all day and I've got so many favourites it's really, really hard to um, to pinpoint which ones. If you've got animal lovers in your business, then maybe, you know, if they were an animal, what animal would they be? If your brand was a room, what three items would we find in that room? You know, all of, the, all of these little nuances, it is, it's like when you're creating your client avatar, you want to get right down into that detail of every little bit of information about that person so that you know where their difficulties are and how you're going to solve their problems for them. And this is very, very similar. So just kind of put that personality of your brand into lots of different scenarios to try and create an avatar that will attract your clients. So all of this combines to create your brand identity and it is a collection of all the elements that your company or your business creates to portray the right image to its consumers or to its potential customers and its existing customers. Brand identity is different from image and it's different from branding per se, even though the terms are usually quite interchangeable. But your brand identity is the thing that makes you be that green carrier bag walking down a high street that you look at, it's got some white writing on, you know that's Marks and Spencers. That's brand identity. And people spend fortunes getting, I, I can remember when I worked in health service, we had a, a branding, a brand identity consultancy come in to do something as we changed over from one particular part of the health service into a new 
trust or something it was a a, a nuance really but we, we 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 partnered with a new hospital and we had to have all new um letterheads and all that kind of stuff done and so they brought a brand identity specialist in to make sure that it it stood out from what we had been previously the audience that you have will associate your identity with the product or service that it is that you sell to them. And that identity is what will forge a connection between you and your clients. It builds loyalty, so they recognize you, they wanna come back to you. And it will determine how your clients perceive your business and how they know that it's everything that you stand for. And it, and it's kind of a culmination of that all of those different things that we've looked at so far. So I'm gonna set you a little exercise to have a think about. And so you're going to need to grab a pen and paper um, or your notebook on your phone if you're out and about and you're listening. Obviously, don't do this if you're driving and listening to the podcast, but have a think if that's what you're doing and just make a mental note to come back to it later. But there's a few points that I just want you to kind of think about and just jot down. First thing that comes into your head, really, and you can just make some very short notes or if you want to, you know, do this as a proper exercise and sit and try and write, you know, a few sentences about each question. So how important is your brand to your business? Think about how it may benefit your business. Then what message do you want your branding to convey? So this comes into all those things about your price ranges and what kind of um, experience your customers are going to get when they come to you. What is the message of your brand? Think about as well um, next what it is that attracts you to your favorite brands you know there's when you walk through your local shopping center or retail park or whatever it is where you do your your shopping what brands attract you think about if you want people like you to come to your business then what is it about walking through the shopping center is there something that attracts you to say Pandora over Thomas Sabo? They both do very, very similar products, but one person will be attracted to Pandora and somebody else will be attracted to Thomas Sabo. And the same is if you if it was a choice between super drugs and boots, which way do you go? What is it about those brands that attracts you? So think about how they tell their story, what it is that their branding instantly tells you about who they are, what they do, what they sell, and how much you're going to pay for it. Next, can you describe your business in five words? What five words would you use to tell anybody that wants to do business with you what you do? For me, my five are inspire, salon, professionals, careers, businesses. That's what my five things are. So what is it about your business? What are the five words that if you wrote them down, someone would instantly know what it is that you are trying to do? Do you want your brand to tell a story? And if so, what is that story going to be? And then do you want to be different from the norm? And I think really, we probably all do. All of us want to stand out in some way. We all want to have that USP, like your unique selling point. But think about how you stand out positively. That is a really key thing here. It isn't about hopefully not standing out in a negative way. No one wants to stand out in a negative way. But what is it that you do that makes you stand out from the norm? And I was recently at an event, at, um, 
West Suffolk College and they had a huge hair expo going on. And there was a guy there and he was demonstrating really, really vivid hair colours. And and they had this whole range. It was it was actually quite fascinating to watch. I'm not really a hair person. Um, I've never been involved in the hair industry particularly. But this guy, he was demonstrating. They were so vivid. I can't remember the brand. But I'm sure somebody would know. But the colours were so deep and so vibrant. And having that kind of um, product, I mean, that, that branding in itself is a whole different thing. It wasn't enough to make it stick in my head what they were called because it just didn't stick in my head because it wasn't of any interest to me. But the, the image of it has remained. And they were such vivid, vivid colours. So if you stock that in your salon business, then you would be known for being slightly different to other salons because this particular brand, that is what they do. And they sell to people that want to do like rainbow effects in people's hair. And let's face it, not every salon does that. The norm of most salons um, for hair would be your balayage, um, basic tints, highlights, that kind of stuff. That's where most people that go to hairdressers have that done. Fewer people have intense colour put on their hair on a regular basis. It's just not something that the majority of clients do. However, if you're in that fun-loving, really loud music kind of salon, this may be one of your niches. It may be something that does make you stand out from everybody else. Also, you need to think how you want to proceed with your brand and are you going to pay to have the design work done to get all of your creative elements all consistent and perfectly ready for the market you know we can all jump on canva and i i love canva i spend loads of my time on canva but when i want something done that is going to be for my business as a professional long-standing image i will pay someone to do that um namely Di from Ensby Media because she's been working with me for years and Di is who I turn to and I pay her to carry out anything that I need that isn't going to be a social media day-to-day -day asset everything like that I usually do myself but sometimes if there's particular things that I want that need to be reusable or along those lines I will pay and get somebody to do that for me and also, and talking about that longevity as well, the last question is, will my existing identity um, and the branding that I'm using, will that withstand change and will it withstand time? And it's something that when I had my salon, I had a very, very specific um, logo design that was based around a, a really beautiful card that my husband had bought me for uh, my birthday and it became where the name gorgeous came from because it was a card to my gorgeous wife and it was a very like vintage retro 1950s styled um, sketch drawing and I had a, a different graphic designer at the time that was a friend of mine and he kind of tweaked it and changed it enough that we weren't breaching copyright um, to create the gorgeous logo that became um, Gladys was what we called her for the gorgeous ladies a little play on words and she became the image of of the business and everything hinged around Gladys and she stood the test of time and even after I did a rebrand and changed everything she still that we literally Diane literally made this amazing little new logo with the new style logo that I had, but she was popping her head around the corner. So even though she'd kind of 
disappeared a little bit really after nine years or eight, I think it was eight, about eight and a half years, something like that. She kind of was leaving the business. I think it was at a point when I knew I was disconnecting from the business and Gladys was so tied to me that I didn't really want her being part of what went forward when I knew I was going to be selling it. She was kind of mine. So Gladys kind of did a very dignified goodbye from behind the the new logo. And that's how I kind of lost her. And um, because she was she was so part of it and she was everywhere. She was on my signage. She was on the front cover of every brochure. She was, I had a big sort of um, three foot version of her, big Perspex version of her by my front door. There, she was so part of my business and everybody knew us as the, the salon that had the lady kind of thing. That was part, part of our branding. But the vintage and retro 1950s, said everything about who my brand was because inside the salon we were all very um vintage shabby chic everything was upcycled and initially when I opened we had a huge amount of like vintage music playing not necessarily all back to the 50s we had but I had music going across probably 40 years something like that um with a bit of modern thrown in as well but I knew my demographic would not necessarily want to have like, you know, pumping um, Ibiza anthems, although we did have a bit of that and I introduced more of that over the years. But that initial um, opening, we had like huge amounts of um, quite vintage music, lots of old Rat Pack and a bit of Buble and all that kind of stuff because I wanted to create an atmosphere and a brand and an identity that sang out to a very, very specific avatar. And it was very, very deliberate and very thought out as every position where the tables were positioned, everything was so thought out to create the environment that I knew that client would want because I knew it was what I liked when I went to a salon. And um, it and it kind of, it worked for a very long time. And I think that everything I did withstood the test of time and it only changed when I knew that I needed to change myself. And I think that all of that branding then kind of has now disappeared and it's become something different. And if you look at the gorgeous page now, I'm sure like there's a lot of stuff on the page that is is historic that will still have Gladys there. But now everything's very much more floral and pink and flowing. And it's very, very different to how I set out in 2011 to create that business. So you really, really need to think about are the the are the assets and the resources that you're creating as part of your branding, will they still be okay in five years' time? Will you be looking to have a rebrand? Is what you're doing so on trend that you're gonna basically expire any use of it because that trend is gonna disappear too rapidly? So really, really think about the colours. You know, there's a whole you know, pink and rose gold has been huge in salons over the last few years. But if you're looking to open a salon now and looking at pink and rose gold, it may have less time before it becomes out of date. So think about whether or not, you know, you're on trend or whether you're coming into something on the end of a trend, because then you're going to find that that branding colour scheme fonts and all that kind of stuff that goes into that creative element could be very old hat very very quickly and that isn't really where you want to be so you need to be kind of looking through what's on 
trend color wise and just the kind of feel you know if you want to have like a scandy salon or if you want to have like a clinical very white and um silver kind of salon all of those things are going to kind of dictate how your brand presents so really really think about where that comes from and what you can do with it in the next two years, in the next four years, in the next 10 years. Because if you want a successful business, you need to be looking into the long term. And is what you're going to do now, is that adjustable? I maintained my general feel, but we um, had a change after the first six years. Um, I was very bored with with the shabby chic and um, and so we went into much more of a kind of boudoir, um, risque kind of place and went, it was, and actually like now I look back and think like, my God, what was I doing? Um, but I went very um, red and black with like a lot of gold theming and it was, it was very warm and cosy in the treatment rooms, but the now section of the business, I, I don't know, now I look back and think like, yeah, that was a, that was maybe not one of my wiser choices. And so um, that only lasted for a couple of years. But I upcycled all my furniture again. And we just we kept all of that theming. But it became very much more instead of being shabby chic, it kind of became quite baroque and um, and more elegant and more classy. Um, maybe a little bit brash here and there with the uh, the red, black and gold. But that was I think I, I wasn't in a very happy place at the time I'm not quite sure what came over me it started off it was all going to be Ibiza chill and then it suddenly turned into this like really red black dark place but it was it was quite as I say quite comforting in the treatment rooms it did feel quite um cozy and warm and uh and that you were kind of being cosseted it felt much nicer than having lots of white and cream which is what it had been previously but I also know that it changed slightly how my, how the clientele were and it really it kind of gave a bit of a shift to the mood of the place and all of that stuff seems really kind of um, surface but actually it does penetrate quite a lot deeper so do think about where that comes from and how you might want to progress things going forward in future years. So I think that's given you quite a lot to think about around branding and how you present to your potential clients and existing clients. And I hope it's kind of made you realise that if you're just starting out in this as a business, as a solopreneur or as a salon owner, that it is something that's really important and it isn't just as simple as popping onto Canva and throwing something together, that you need to have your colour palette sorted. You need to know what those colours are and what they look like in print, what they look like on a sign, what they look like in paint, because I can tell you now from experience, they will all be very, very different. And you also need to work out what fonts you use for headings, for your text. All of that is so, so important. And over the years, I've had several different elements to my business. And each time they all have a completely different color palette, a completely different font set, they have a very, very different feel for everything that I do has a very, very different feel. And you can see this if you look, if you go back and look at Gorgeous Dana Beauty Emporium, that page is still there that my cousin um, runs now that she has my salon or my oldest. It's not my salon anymore. I shouldn't say my salon. She's got her salon that she got from me. And um, if you look at that and you look at my Sue Davies website, you'll see that they're very, very different in how they present. 
And I've also got another business that we're hopefully going to be launching in the next couple of weeks called Nabuno that's been on the back burner for a little while because it kind of got shelved during the pandemic, but we're bringing it back finally. It's been a bit of a long journey. But if you look at Nabuno, then that again has got completely different take on branding. And hopefully you can see, you know, just have a look through your high street. Go and look at what kind of bags they have, have a look at what kind of signage they have, look at what fonts they use, what colours they use, how they have display in their shop. Everything that you see when you walk into River Island or you walk into Topshop or you walk into Dorothy Perkins. I'm trying to think, some of those are probably, I don't even know if they're all still going. Are they all still going? Who knows? But you get the idea. Just if you take three different brands that all do the same thing and go and do a little bit of research on your high street and see how they present themselves in all of the different aspects that they put out to their customers and you'll find that they're consistent because they've got branding specialists um, but take a leaf out of their books because they all do it really really well and they wouldn't be successful without that branding behind them and you too can be successful with good branding behind you and don't forget that this also goes across everything that you put out it goes across all of your documents that you print out so any brochures any gift certificates anything like that that's a, a proper physical document of some kind it goes across your website it goes across your social media platforms it goes across anywhere that there is a public image that relates to your business so make sure that they're all consistent and they all match and if you want to, you can get really, really fussy on things like your Instagram and have like proper grid design and stuff so that you have your branding. You know, you you, you all know what I'm talking about, um, where you get all of the like the checkerboard effects and stuff like that. Um, if you've got time to do that or you can pay someone to do that, fantastic, because all of that just puts your coloration, your fonts, everything in front of your potential clients all of the time and just keeps telling them that same story over and over again and that is what branding is all about so that's where I'm going to leave it this week I hope you have found that interesting and I will be back next week with a different subject that will help you to start your own salon business thanks very much and bye for now thank you for listening to inspiring salon professionals if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share with fellow industry professionals that you think may enjoy the show. Links and further information can be found on the show notes or on my website, www.suedavies.org. Here you can also find some downloadable free guides that you may find of use. You can also hear from me and join the inspiring Salon Professionals community on my Facebook group. Thanks again and see you next time. Bye for now.